Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. Perception is not only reality, uh-huh. it's the fucking golden ticket to fucking truth. You just blew my mind. I get paid to actually produce work. My production, what work, I produce, work, work. is based on my production value. What do you, what's your value? I hate you! My listeners hate you! I'm sorry, I'm an overly competent c- citizen. Who pays his taxes? Who went to an Ivy League school? So who the fuck are they gonna say? Oh, good for you! You are fake news. Hello and welcome to the show. It's a great show, tremendous show. Terrific show, frankly the best. You can ask anyone. Go ahead and try it. Tell me what happens. This is uh, Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. Blanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host Rebecca. Ava Blonde, welcome to the show. Hello. Uh, it is just the two of us again tonight. I'm not sure why the show is uh, is so lonely lately. Oh. We're trying to we're trying to snag those guests. Um, timing is not working out. Uh, so as I continue to say. Uh, we are working on the big gets, uh, so sit tight if you want to see some more faces around here for now. It's another week of just just these two, but we do what we can, and uh, I think we do have plenty of talkers for you tonight. Uh, so we will discuss a terrible attack in London, uh, which I wish we could speak about something nicer off the top, but I think that's probably the most important issue of the week, uh, as well as the reaction to it, which, um, I don't know, I might smash my aorta dealing with some of the reaction to the London attack, particularly on Bill Maher's show again. What the show I need to quit. I just, but I just can't, I just can't Gay for Bill. You want to see my most angry tweets of the week, uh, Friday nights for a uh, real time, go on Twitter and, uh, and follow my tweets and you'll see me at my angriest point in the week. Uh, but there's way more than that. I, we're going to try to figure out what the hell is going on with the house intelligence committee. You and I were speaking about this before going live here. You got the chairman, Devin Nunes, this week coming out and saying, oh, I've, I've got this, I've seen this evidence of um, incidental, incidental surveillance of Team Trump uh, post-election. And then you've got the ranking member, the Democrat, Adam Schiff, saying, whoa, dude, hey, I'm over here. Why don't you talk to me about that before going straight to the media and going straight to the president and other people? And then you got Adam Schiff saying, oh, I've got, I've got, more than circumstantial evidence of Trump collusion with Russia. Uh, and believe me, there's a big case. And then you got Tevin Nunes saying, I, see, I haven't seen any of that. I don't know what you're talking about. So, you got the two leaders of this, this committee charged with dealing with our national intelligence who are acting like, I don't know, junior high kids who hate each other, as far as I can tell. It's very weird. Yeah. It is very weird. Uh, so we'll try to get to the bottom of that. I just don't trust anyone. That's my conclusion. I don't trust anyone involved in any of this but uh we'll see what we can figure out there 
I do want to talk about Chelsea Handler's favorite denim, Trump brand <laughs> jeans. They're very nice. Ivanka spotted in Trump brand jeans on her family vacation in um, in Aspen, Colorado. And, and again, it's that question of, is this Trump incompetence or genius level trolling? Because that's what I want to figure out with Ivanka. Uh, and then the, the other story this week, we haven't talked about it all. Tommy Lahren's pro-choice comments on The View. Uh, we'll talk about that clip. Talk about what happened with Tommy, where we stand on it. You and I haven't spoken about it at all. So maybe we'll agree, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, and then, of course, what would uh, you know? What would this show be? What would a new week be without uh, another hate, a hoax hate incident to uh, to discuss? We got another one. So it will be uh, all this and more in your favorite hour listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for keeping us afloat, helping us upgrade stuff on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That's beauty and the beta at gmail.com. Remember, there is more of the show on the audio platform, uh, audio platforms, I should say. iTunes, Google Play. Anywhere you can find your podcasts, you can find us. They're all linked in the description. I also want to say, uh, on the topic of sad things, because we're talking about London shortly here, I got a, a tweet from listener Chris, um, who has said he's been a big fan of the show since the first show, which is quite impressive because this show was really bad back then. Don't go look at it from back then. Um, but he, he really said... Was. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, I big time, big time props to Chris for uh, for sticking with us for that long. Um, but Chris did uh, tweet me this week, and he said it would mean the world to me if you would give a shout out to, uh, or no, am I? No, it's his brother Chris. My mistake. Uh, listener Chris Reckless, but brother Chris Chris Roybal, uh, who apparently passed away. So I I just want to say thank you to him and his family, and and condolences in a, in a very sad situation. So thank you for listening to the show. This show is dedicated to Chris Roybal and uh, best to your family. And I did want to ask uh, you, uh, I assume since the date was for last week, but we didn't get any closure on this daily show thing. Did you ever get an email back? <clears throat> is there anything? No, more to say about no. The... I'll, I'll give our audience a little update in case they didn't catch uh, last week's show. But I was, um, I was approached by the daily show to give an interview. And initially I just sent an email that said like, oh, no, thanks. Like I'm going to take a pass on that. And the next day I emailed them and I was like, listen, I um, will rethink this. I'll be happy to do the interview if I can bring um, somebody to, to do the camera work and to, so I can get this recorded on my end. I um, mean, this was like five days before the show was supposed to be recorded. It was supposed to be recorded this Thursday. Um, and I did not get any response from them. So hmm. they did not like that, I think. And then I've read a few times that uh, people have done this and, and they just won't allow you to videotape, probably because they're uh, a garbage, a garbage show Jeez, <laughs> and they would fired. edit everything. I mean, we will, we will host anyone from the daily show on our program. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and they can record their end of it too, mm -hmm. if they yep. want to. <laughs> yeah. I was just curious because I, I, I was guessing that was probably the case, but since we discussed it last week, I just kind of wanted to get a closer on that. Um, <laughs> speaking of, uh, Speaking, of, we do have uh, some some listener artwork that is related to that. So I want to go through just a couple of my favorite things people sent us on social media um, this week. So, of course, if you listen to the show, you know, like uh, more than ever, there's a few things I want. Let me put it this way. Uh, if I could have evidence for any myth in the world, like Bigfoot would be one. I, I want Bigfoot to be real so badly. But what do we talk about all the time? Hijab pulling. If you have a hijab pulling clip, send it to I want to see the evidence. So um, one of our listeners, one of our um, very, uh, very accomplished, very credible uh, listener citizen reporters 
sent us what I believe to be a confirmed case of a hijab pulling. Uh, check this out. This is from listener Brit. This takes place, I guess, March 18th at an undisclosed location. Chris, a non-binary and human-identifying Muslim, had their hijab pulled during AJR afternoon prayer. That is not that is not fake news. That is not fake news if, <laughs> if I've ever seen it. So thank you, Britt, for that. That is the first confirmed hijab pulling that has been sent my way. And excellent, I, excellent. I, I hope there are more. I, maybe we could send these to the you know the mainstream media sources. Um, but there was some other artwork this week. Um, we talked. Uh, we've been talking about. I mean, I feel bad for just shitting on Amy Schumer all the time this week. But I why? Oh, why? This, this like who are better, funny piggy or unfunny piggy? I I laughed really hard at that this week. Um, <laughs> Duck Speaker sent me this great image of um, the Thalassa hipster who yeah who you heard in the intro and was my latest video, uh, and then an, an Photoshop of the Velasa hipster, which is a mock-up of him as a Jurassic Park Velociraptor. That's very cool. <laughs> this um this comic strip. This is what I was talking about with the Daily Show. This comic strip from our guy Facepalm Reality. Uh, you saying, I can't believe you talked me into this. And I say, uh, you'll be fine. Trust me. Just don't uh, don't call him a cunt on live TV. Can I think that he's a cunt? Sure. Uh, I can't police. They can't police thoughts yet. So you think about it and you go on the Daily Show. And what do I think? I think you're a cunt, Trevor. So <laughs> conversations that uh, could have been, but uh, apparently will not be. What a shame. And then um, I got That's this great... Good. I got this great uh, kind of meme thing from listener Michael, uh, who sent me this uh, image of me reacting to a stupid news article that he had published about um, <laughs> basically the without reading the full thing here, uh, the discord server that we use for the call in show being actually the server that was in Hillary's uh, residence. So the reason that the discord server is so dysfunctional is because um is because that's in Hillary's house, and uh, that, that explains a lot. So thank you for that, Michael. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so now we got to go into the the serious stuff. But I, I want to. You're more keen on the facts of what happened in London, and and I've got some stuff on some of the reaction to it. But um, can you tell me? Just give me like a factual breakdown of the London attack. That was what was that Wednesday U.S. like Wednesday something like Wednesday morning. Uh, here? yeah, forget, it was but... Wednesday. Um, so they've now identified the attacker as Khalid Masood. Um, is that right, Masood? Khalid Masood. I... Uh, but he he Sounds good to drove me. his car down the bridge. He killed three people, and then he popped out of his car and. Uh, stabbed to death um, somebody else. And so I think uh, 50 people were injured. Yeah, which I, uh, I had not heard that until we had caller Matthew on the Colin show on Wednesday night when he said like 48 <laughs> or something. Holy cow. Did you see the footage of the car driving across the bridge? I did grab that. I and, did. Let's watch it. So and then the the one there's a woman who either jumped or was like pushed off. And yeah, you can she, see I think her. She you can see her in this clip. So this is from uh, the BBC. Um, and you can see the car highlighted there and, you know, just speeding down the bridge up on the sidewalk, actually. And at one point, this woman uh, falls into the the River Thames, right? I had to look up how to pronounce it. I feel so bad. 
but it's river, it's Thames, the Thames. Uh, but she would, she did survive. So that was uh, a good instinct for her to jump. In. Yeah. I mean, whatever happened is awful, but, and, and I, I was just looking through some of the footage of the aftermaths and there's her falling again, which is just, just crazy. Uh, I thought that some there's unfortunately some quite graphic immediate aftermath footage online. I thought it's probably not appropriate to share on the show, but this is, I mean, it, I mean, it's similar to what we saw in Nice. Okay. This is similar to what happened at Ohio state, this kind of method of, you know, take a car, use it as a weapon and get as many people as you can. But, um, keep going with, uh, with what else you know about this, this incident. Um, well, I think most people have heard the facts of the case, but, uh, he's kind of an interesting suspect because he's 52 and, uh, normally we're seeing people that have been radicalized in their twenties. And so I thought that was really interesting. So today I was reading about, uh, where he had lived. And so he was, um, predominantly from the UK. He had been born in, he was born in Kent. He lived his entire life there, but he did spend a few years, um, teaching in Saudi Arabia. He was teaching for the general authority of civil aviation, I believe. Um, and so he spent from 2005 to 2009 there. And then subsequently he moved to Luton, which is Tommy Robinson's hometown. He mm. talks all the time about how Luton is a, a hotbed well, and a breeding ground for ISIS terrorism. And, and t- uh, did you see Tommy outside of, um, outside of parliament there, outside of Westminster yeah. nailing this on the spot? It's almost eerie. Uh, I can play that clip if, if now's yeah, a good yeah. time. So Tommy's outside of, um outside of parliament there talking and there's a bunch of just media people bystanders talking about this and he kind of goes off and there's a reporter there like well you're pretty quick to call this a terrorist attack or a foreign terrorist attack i guess it's not technically a foreign terrorist attack but keep in mind what tommy says here is before like anything official was known about this i think this was still at the time they thought it was that other guy they they uh channel four and was it sky no channel four and the independent miscalled the the perpetrator here they got the guy right, wrong right. first yeah, yeah. said it was a guy who's actually in jail anyway this, this is what tommy was saying outside of uh, parliament this this isn't a shock to me i don't know i don't understand who people who are surprised by this we've had 12 suspected terrorist attacks planned last year we have over 3,000 muslims who are monitored 24 hours a day seven days a week every week at a cost of nine billion pound a year yeah we're following and waiting for them to do this we have had 450 ISIS fighters been allowed to return to our country. They've gone and fought for ISIS. They've been in training camps. They've been beheading people. They've been raping people. And they're walking the streets of our capital city. They're living with us. Our government have failed us. Don't come out and act all strong on this, Home Secretary, Theresa May, because you haven't been strong. You've been weak. You've showed cowardice. Very quick to label this as a, as a foreign terrorist. Because my head is not up my ass. Yeah? My head is not up my ass. This is an Islamic Jihad attack. The man that done this would have either been radicalised in a prison or he would have been radicalised on the streets of the UK with full knowledge of our government and our security services. They have, will know who he is. Have else yeah, I, mate, I have information that shows there was four terrorist attacks last week in France. Four in France. There was 12 planned last year. Driving your car like this man has done is exactly what the Inspire magazine, which is Al-Qaeda's magazine, which was downloaded by 50,000 British Muslims last year. 50,000 British Muslims downloaded a terrorist manual in our country. 50,000, not 10, not 20, 50,000 people who want to see exactly what you see there. That's what they want. They want war, they want death, they want destruction. And we keep on pandering like you, like you just come up to me saying it's got nothing to do with Islam. It's got everything to do with Islam. It's got everything to do with Islam. Ooh, I mean, not, it's something you don't want to call, but 
I mean, geez, it's, uh, no, I think he nailed it down and he was right. Um, he probably was radicalized in prison. He's done a yeah. of use even down to prison. that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so, that, that's how this happens though. I mean, the prison population <laughs> in the UK is largely Muslim. So, so, and that's what I had read is this guy did a two year stint in prison for basically stabbing or slashing someone's face. He slashed some cafe owner's face and all it said in the telegraph was over a racial dispute. Right, right. And so if only we hadn't been so racist to him, this all could have been prevented. Oh, my gosh. As though that's relevant. Uh, I mean, it's... but I was reading specifics about that case today and he like nearly cut the guy's nose off and it was so yeah. bad that he split his tongue in half. Jesus Christ. The guy's just totally disfigured, I read. Oh, my God. But he spent two years in jail for that um, and probably was radicalized in prison. But he had already married a devout Muslim woman by that point. Um, yeah, because he had a, a former family. He has a couple daughters, one of whom has converted to Islam and one of whom has not and lives with her mom and is you know, secularized or uh, secularized, uh, I, as far as I know, still British citizens. But um, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it, it's disheartening how predictable it is, you know, to look at... That's what I mean when I say it's unfortunate that he's able to call it with the precision that he is. You don't want to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of like making of, of making certain statements of certainty without evidence. But in, this is a case where he clearly was able to do that before having the facts at hand. And that's because it's the same thing every time. And then they started acting like this was some kind of lone wolf thing. As it turns out, he was on the UK's radar, the MI5 radar um, for being a peripheral figure in a terrorist investigation. Yeah. So then they said that he acted as a lone wolf and then they subsequently arrested 10 people that yeah. may or may not be his associates. I'm right. like, get your that, shit straight. Is he a lone wolf weird. or does he have 10 associates? That, yeah, that is weird. I mean, I suppose... I don't know. It depends what lone wolf means, like lone wolf in action, but maybe there were, I, I, I don't know. But then but ISIS I, I, also claimed um, responsibility, but they're they always doing that. I never yeah. know if they yeah, actually I mean, were it, involved. And basically anything just... that is aligned with their goals, they're like, all right, good job. Cool. Right. Hey, um, uh, speaking of ISIS, did you know that there are Christian armies just as bad as ISIS that I really <laughs> haven't seen them, but that was, um, that was part of this dispute that took place on real time. So, um, as we've said about Bill Maher many times, I being more of a fan historically of him with my frustrations granted than you are, but you have also acknowledged that he's pretty realistic on the issue of Islam. That's it though. Yes, but that got him in trouble this week because he's got all, well, he's got, it was basically a four on one of people saying this incident had nothing to do with Islam. And it was started by Louise Mensch and Chris Hayes from MSNBC chimes in fresh off the Maddow tech scoop. Chris Hayes is off to the next big story how the West, how the, the London attack had nothing to do with Islam. And, um, it might take us, let me know if you want to pause because it, it's a, I've got like three minutes of footage here because they went back at it. They did it at the end of the normal show. They had this exchange where they said, oh, there's Christian armies everywhere who are doing this same yeah, thing. Yeah. Okay. And then they also went back at it in overtime. And then she started talking about Westboro Baptist because that's oh, the God. same also. There are like four people in Westboro Baptist <laughs> and they're all related to each other. So, uh, if you want to, if you want me to stop the clip, because it's kind—I mean, there's okay. just so much I couldn't cut out more. Like it's—it's it's so much nonsense. I can't cut it anymore. Uh, just, just chime in whenever, and I, I'll stop it whenever. But this was the exchange, starting with uh, Louise Mensch on uh, on Real Time on Friday night. 
This awful terrorist attack happened and people lost their lives, including an American and a British policeman. Partisans of Russia were out in the streets saying it was an illegal immigrant that did it. Now, this, I'm going to pause it right there, actually. This was something that um, I, didn't, I didn't realize until people pointed this out to me on Twitter because I was so lost in her saying it nothing to do with Islam. Think about what she said there, that, there, that it was Russian partisans who stirred up this pot of blaming the Muslims. So she's blaming the Russians for blaming the Muslims for an Islamic attack. I'm going to play it just once more. Like that's, that's the starting point. Uh, for this clip, which I, is amazing, and it, I missed it the first time this around. This awful terrorist attack happened, and people lost their lives, including an American and a British policeman. Partisans of Russia were out in the streets saying it was an illegal immigrant that did it, trying to turn London people against our Muslim friends and neighbors. Although well, you are not going to do that, Sanjay. But let's You're not, 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 let's not pretend that. it has not nothing to do with Islam, the religion. <laughs> it doesn't. It has nothing to do with no. Islam? It has nothing that's to do very with... interesting. It has nothing that's, to do with... Nothing, nothing, nothing at all. With Roman because every time some bomb goes off, before it goes off, somebody is Allahu Akbar. I never heard anybody go Merry but, Christmas. But, but, but to say nothing. <laughs> this one's for the flying nun. <laughs> yeah, well, they shot up a mosque in Canada, and they, they shot up a mosque in Canada, and you right. do in fact see neo-Nazi things all the time, okay. and they do shout well, out racist slogans. Yes. It's just that we don't cover them in the same way. How? I think you, I, no, but Bill, how is when, when, when Christians do things like this, do we ever say Christian terrorism? Never. No, but is Christian terrorism? as big a problem. Does, no. Are there Christian... If you lived in Oklahoma City terror, in the 90s. Bill, are there, are we're there, talking about London. You, that's, again, a false equivalency. Are there what about London? What about are there London? Terror, are there Christian terrorist... Well, well, got, ar, excuse uh, me. Are there Christian terrorist armies like ISIS? There it's, are. It's, it's, I, 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 I Exactly. Thank you. For 15 years. I yes, but that's the past. Oh, right. But we're living now. I but was the IRA no, a Catholic no, Yes, there was also the Inquisition. You. That I'm was a, the past. Right, but was it a Catholic Are there Christian terrorist the armies like ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Boko Haram, Al-Shabaab? Al are there armies well, like that well, in the world I, that are not Muslim? When I grew up, there Let's were. not fuck when around I grew up, there with this anymore. Can we please get real? Well, no, I don't agree with you. I literally don't agree with you. Russia is sending Chechen militants into ISIS, and they are absolutely trying to leverage this against a, a billion peaceful people. Time for new rules. That's what I believe. <laughs> and Bill just like rage quits it. But I, I didn't pick up on that theme until after, because obviously the theme of there are the Christian armies. Yeah, but this theme of like, no, there are Russians infiltrating ISIS to make them more radical so we can blame the Muslims more. It, it, it's a very weird thing she's saying that She's, as far as I understand, maybe I'm wrong, but as far as I understand, she's trying to say that the Russians are trying to frame Muslims with radical Islam to blame Muslims for Islamic attacks. That's what that's certainly what it sounded like from little Miss Crazy Eyes over there. And, and speaking of what's disheartening in this case, I mean, she, she's a former member of parliament. Louise Bench is. This is somebody, I mean, she's a citizen. I don't know. I assume she's still a citizen there. Um, and this is someone who not only lives uh, at the place or, or, I mean, has been a lawmaker at, at the site that was attacked and looks at that and says, hmm, I don't know, nothing to see here. I don't see, there's, I can't see the theme. Nice, France, Ohio State, uh, driving trucks into people and cars in. I don't see the theme. Christians drive trucks into people all the time. Can't blame it on the religion or the ideology. Nothing to see here. Jeez. <sighs> but wait, there's more.
<laughs> this was the overtime segment where she talks about Westboro Baptist. This guy who did the terrorist attack, yes. you live. Yeah, he, he converted. Okay, he's from Birmingham, which is yes. which is heavily Muslim, and and some of the schools there were actually teaching a form of Sharia law. Right. This is a fact. I'm not making this up. There have also been many acid thrown in the face attacks. Okay. My let me ask this. I've asked this question before. If, if a European country, sometime in the future, became 51 percent Muslim. Would it be the same country? Would it have the same values, the same laws? Would okay. laws change? Would you, you ask that question about Jews? Be, I will. Would but you it, ask well, that question about Catholics? I, I will ask that question. And the answer is it wouldn't change because would. they're already the fucking majority. But not Muslims are not. If you, you, you're telling me that if a European country became 51% Muslim, it would basically be the same country you grew up in? The problem would not be not. Islam. It would be, homo it would be homogeneity that you'd be homogenous. But it, you're no, talking about a thing where every single, everybody is one faith but, group. Britain but I'm is talking diverse. about our fundamental principles like equality of women, right. separation of, of religion and state, respect for minorities, rule of law, Right. As opposed to religious rule. Do you know about the uh, Westboro Baptist Church? There are a whole bunch of fundamental. Again, this stop, false stop. equivalency. It's not a false Matt, please. <laughs> Bill, do you know about the Westboro Baptist Church? <laughs> I'm I've seen you... that three times now, and it was no easier to watch. I was, was going to say, <laughs> I'm surprised you survived watching that. Only because I mean, I've seen it before, but good God. She, was, she wasn't answering any of the questions. She just kept bringing up these false equivalencies. Bill oh, Maher yeah. was right to call her on that. Uh, Westboro Baptist Church, I mean, what have they done that was violent? Uh, nothing to my knowledge. And, you know, here's the thing about, I, I, I don't, I'm not aware of any Westboro Baptist violence Ever. They do incredibly distasteful things. I mean, but they're cocks, but that's yeah, pretty yeah. much it. But, yeah. and we get, this is a tangent topic. The thing about the Westboro Baptist Church, too, though, is they have done quite a lot to challenge the boundaries of First Amendment case law. I, I mean, in terms of figuring out what the First Amendment means and what speech is to be protected, Westboro Baptist has done a pretty good job of Look, I don't agree with anything they do, but in terms of what they've established as protected speech, that's important. That is important. And <laughs> yeah, the idea that um, the the idea that they are fundamentalist in their religious persuasion and have the power to wield it in the same way that uh, majority Islamic countries wield uh, their political power against minorities, against women, against gays, that's against whoever. Idiotic. That's yeah. so. Forty members of the Westboro Baptist Church. They're one point. 1.8 billion Muslims. And notice her response too. I mean, that, that is a pretty pointed question Bill asked, and I've never really thought about it that way. But if if a European country became majority Muslim, do you think it's the same country? And her response is not, oh, well, let me think about what that would mean culturally and in terms of values. Her response is offensive. What would you say that about Would you say that about Jews? Would you say that about Catholics? That's offensive. So we can't explore that topic. We can't consider right. that. How dangerous is that to say, nope, Open doors, anyone can come in, no suspicions whatsoever. Don't care that you are driving trucks over our bridges to our capital, stabbing people, um, because it would be offensive to think if this has any kind, if there are any cultural lessons, cultural clues to be, uh, to be learned. Uh, Did she just outright deny that acid attacks have been occurring at a different She said they literally have not. She, yeah, she said they don't occur in, uh, in England. Uh, what? Uh, uh, yes, Birmingham. they do. I didn't dig into that, I, so I, I don't know. 
but if I mean, you I don't know have them, the stats on it right now, but I was reading some article the other day that they've increased exponentially over like the last five to 10 years. But, but Bill's allegation was in Birmingham specifically, or just Birmingham is a really, uh, it's a dense Muslim population. So, so maybe, maybe, I mean, I've seen reports of acid attacks, you know, globally, but I don't know about specifically in Birmingham. So what's her argument? -uh, Nuh-uh, uh-uh, not true. Nothing to do with Islam. Nothing to do with Islam. Anyway, (laughs) before we both go crazy, that's, that's pretty much all I, oh, actually, no, I did. Um, I had a thought about this uh, and I noted it down because it's so weird to me. Like Bill's claim was not. There's no violence ever in the name of any other ideology. Bill's claim was clearly the ideology and the violent action are related here. Can we agree on that? Not they're the only ones who do it. So (laughs) you can say like you can say, yes, isolated instances of of Christian inspired violence are bad. This is an example of uh, Islamic inspired violence and it's bad. And also generally it looks like we have more of this globally than other kinds. So let's be realistic about that. Right, right. And I was I was reading about um just a couple just a couple uh, articles that came up incidentally to me this week. So I was reading about people leaving Chicago. Like Chicago is losing its population for the second year in a row. One of the reasons cited is the crime rate and murders, violent crime, all kinds of bad things. People are leaving Chicago. That doesn't surprise me. Um, conversely, a lot of people over the last couple of years have moved into where I live. It's a very fast growing area. Bozeman crime rates continue to decline. We have declining crime and it was already low here. Now, that's not necessarily hugely related to the Islam issue, but the the argument I'm thinking of in my head here is like, is me looking from, you know, from the perspective of Bozeman, which is comparatively safe, looking at Chicago and going, geez, man, that's a lot of violence. Like what's going on in Chicago? What explains this? And then someone goes, no, no, there there are murders in Bozeman too. Like, yeah, there, there was one last year, maybe two. Um, It does happen here. No, it's the same. It's exactly the same. People get killed there. People get killed here. Exactly the same. You can't, you can't look at the differences that exist in Chicago to here. And of course there are a lot of them that probably go well beyond culture. And a lot of it's just like population density, to be honest, simple things like that. But it does bother me that we can't look at clearly different scales of a problem. And then because there's like a cultural component, we go, no, 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 exact same. It's a wash. It's a right, wash. Right. Nothing to do. It's it's it kind of blows my mind. It's very. I mean, she seems incapable of even accepting that Catholics and other Christians don't have the same kind of uh, violent perception and violent leanings that that Muslims do. Like she can't. She's. Would you say that about Catholics? Like it's exactly the same thing. Well, I'm, I'm not. I have to plead ignorance on you know a lot of the violence that they're talking about as it relates to like you know the Irish Catholics or whatever the IRA and that kind of stuff. I mean. Is that even Bill says that was decades ago? Is it when's the last time there was violence associated with that? And I, I have no idea. Uh, I'm not sure. So I mean, I, maybe it's something I should dig into. I shouldn't dismiss. I can't say that that's not a thing, but I can say that I don't see it in the news as frequently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if, uh, I don't know. Anyway, let's um let's move on to um. Oh, did you want to actually uh, uh, touch on the ant? Uh, do you pronounce it Antwerp, this Belgian city? Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a similar attack, though, in Belgium. Yeah, but no fatalities, and so it barely got touched oh, by the mainstream okay. media. Um, but it was a failed terrorist attack, and I wanted to talk about this a little bit because uh, it relates to the London terrorist attack. 
But this guy uh, just tried to mow down people in Antwerp, wasn't very successful. Um, And so he's being charged now with attempted murder of a terrorist nature, attempted terror assault and battery and weapons uh, legislation Hmm. violation. But what they're saying in Belgian newspapers is that um, he was found that he was found like all wasted and stuff. And so they're they're saying that this wasn't necessarily a terrorist thing, that it was kind of a drug induced thing. And I also was seeing reports um, well, about um, the London guy like this. And so what they said in the Independent, um, Belgian media reported that police found the suspect asleep in his car after the chase, and he was too intoxicated to be immediately interviewed. Okay, that sounds well, like fucking bullshit to me. Yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, okay, okay. So and he, then the but Metro. there were no fatalities though. So do we know? I mean, is it? Can we demonstrate that he? wasn't just dry, like I'm trying to give the benefit the of the car doubt, was even later I found shouldn't. and its driver arrested with knives a shotgun and a canister containing okay. an undetermined substance in the boot okay that adds a little bit of uh intrigue to the story I mean I could see a situation he in was which too drunk to be interviewed really <laughs> really <laughs> committing well, this premeditated crime well here's my thing you know is like uh if your goal is to run people over with a car and you don't kill anyone um, Maybe you were pretty wasted. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I hate to joke about these things too much, but I don't know. I mean, is there anything? How? I don't know. This, uh, do I dare go down this road without providing like soundbite material? But how much of a loser do you feel like as a terrorist in a jail cell who didn't succeed with a car? You know, it's one thing if the fuse to your bomb doesn't work. But if your goal was just driving people over and you didn't succeed, that's pretty sad. I know. Was he in a Prius? What's going on? <laughs> Maybe he was just like, this car is too small to do any damage. Yeah. Anyway, so in the Metro and I think the Telegraph, they were talking about the London terrorists and they just kept bringing up this drug addiction thing. And so they said uh, he was splashed out on a four day crack binge. Hmm. So this might be true. We know that um, that some of these terrorists, they go on big benders before they they do these acts because oh, yeah. they... They're going to be absolved, you know, later. But yeah. I also think that there is a very suspicious media focus on the drug aspect here because they want to take some of the blame off of Islam. Yeah, that could be it, too. Um, so I don't know how much of this is true. I mean, it's definitely possible that this guy was addicted to crack and stuff. But like, I think that a lot of this is the media being like, no, it's not Muslims. It's just booze. It's just booze. <laughs> OK, it's just booze and crack. Bring back prohibition. Stop yeah. the terrorist attacks. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, uh, you want to sort out um, the intelligence committee, even though we're not going to be able to. I just these guys. If if this whole London thing and, and you know terrorism in in Europe is not frustrating enough, what's going on with the intelligence committee right now? Just I just I hate everyone. I don't like anyone. I don't trust any of them. Oh. So because so, last week was just bizarre. So I'm going to have to probably play the. There's some clips we have to establish what facts we know. So it all. Like what's the weird things that happened here all started out last week when Adam Schiff, the Democratic ranking member in the House Intelligence Committee, is asking James Comey about Trump's surveillance tweet and saying, hey, do you have any evidence about Trump's claim, Trump's tweet that Obama had surveilled him in the weeks? I believe Trump said leading up to the election or immediately before the election, James Comey's response is, I do not have any evidence to substantiate that claim, nor does the Department of Justice. Uh, I think it was the next day, either the next day or two days later, the the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, Devin Nunes, comes out and holds a press conference, doesn't go to the Intelligence Committee, doesn't go to Adam Schiff, doesn't go to any of his colleagues on the committee, goes straight to the media and briefs the president to say, hey, I've got 
Uh, I've got I've, I've seen classified material that says there was incidental surveillance of the president. So what that would imply is that there was some sort of um, and he says it's specifically legal and it wasn't related to Russia. So what that would imply is you have members of the U.S. Intelligence Committee spying on suspicious foreign actors and some of those foreign actors talked to people on the Trump team. And so there was this incidental collection of information is what Nunes is talking about. If we believe his testimony, <laughs> then, so then you have Adam Schiff, the ranking member being pissed because he didn't hear any of this before Nunes went straight to the media. And then simultaneously, Adam Schiff is saying, I've got, I've got good high quality evidence that uh, team Trump colluded with Russia during the election cycle. And then you got Devin Nunes saying like, I ain't seen any of that shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> These are two guys running the same committee. And they, they, this is what's frustrating. We'll get to it in the CNN clip here. They don't agree on what the evidence is, not the interpretation of the evidence, what the evidence is. This is not good. But, so, but they haven't seen the same evidence as far as we know, right? I, I can't even tell. We'll try to, we'll, we'll, we'll try to sort it out. Um, at present, who knows? Like We know that Nunes didn't show his evidence to Schiff before going to the media. And we also know that... Schiff gave interviews about his evidence of Russian collusion and Nunes said, like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> so did they see it? Did they not? It's, it's first we'll, we'll so first we'll look at Schiff uh, questioning Comey. Director Comey, uh, I want to begin by attempting to put to rest several <laughs> claims made by the president about his predecessor, namely that President Obama wiretapped his phones. Director Comey, was the president's statement that Obama had his wires tapped in Trump Tower a true statement? With respect to the president's tweets about alleged wiretapping directed at him by the prior administration, I have no information that supports those tweets, and we have looked carefully inside the FBI. The Department of Justice has asked me to share with you that the answer is the same for the Department of Justice and all its components. The department has no information that supports those tweets. Okay, and then Nunes comes out and does this press conference this week, and the, he has kind of four key points that he'll summarize. So first, I recently confirmed that on numerous occasions, the intelligence community incidentally collected information about U.S. citizens involved in the Trump transition. Details about U.S. persons associated with the incoming administration, details with little or no apparent foreign intelligence value, were widely disseminated in intelligence community reporting. Third, I have confirmed that additional names of Trump transition team members were unmasked. And fourth and finally, I want to be clear, none of this surveillance was related to Russia or the investigation of Russian activities or of the Trump team. I informed Speaker Ryan this morning of this new information and I will be going to the White House this afternoon to share what I know with the president and his team. Are you concerned that any of the surveillance was done illegally? Or it was incidental, but a, but a legal, legal that's a great Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. So I believe it was all done legally. Okay. And then simultaneously, you, so, so I just, it might be hard for listeners to follow. So that's detailing specifically the surveillance claim. Like, did, did the previous administration surveil anyone in the Trump team. Now, simultaneously, that's a separate issue, separate deal. Simultaneously, there's an investigation into 
uh, Team Trump's collusion with the Russians. And that's what Adam Schiff is going to talk about. So two separate things, two guys, same committee overseeing these things, completely different things to say about it. So Schiff this week goes on CNN or does an interview um, in Congress on CNN talking about he has evidence of Russian collusion that's beyond circumstantial. So this is what Schiff has to say. And then listen to the reporter after the fact talking about how Nunes says, "Ah, I don't know anything about that. (laughs) The kind of evidence uh, that you would submit to a grand jury at the beginning of an investigation. It's not the kind of evidence you take to a trial jury uh, when you're trying to prove something beyond a reasonable doubt. But we're at the beginning of an investigation. uh, And... Uh, and given the gravity of the subject matter, I think that the evidence certainly warrants us doing a thorough investigation. Did you have, is there some new evidence that you've learned that makes you think that it was more than just circumstantial? Uh, we have received uh, additional evidence uh, and materials, new materials have been made available to the committee. Now, Brooke, I just spoke with Devin okay, Nunes. So, so this is where it gets weird. Listen to this reporter talk about the interaction between Schiff and Nunes. Remember, same two guys running the same committee, Supposed to be looking at the same classified intelligence, but apparently not. Nunes, too, on my way back from my interview with Mr. Schiff, and he says he has, quote, no idea what Adam Schiff is talking about when it comes to new evidence about possible collusion between Russian officials and Trump officials. So there seems to be even disagreement on whether or not there's evidence to support a key aspect of this investigation. Also, Nunes saying that he would not reveal who his source is about that information, about potential, uh, about the surveillance picking up the Trump uh, transition officials. He said he wouldn't even tell Mr. Schiff who his source is because they need to protect sources and methods. So, Brooke, the intrigue continues on this investigation. The questions continue about whether it can move forward in a bipartisan manner. And this is why I say I just don't believe anybody. Everybody's just saying, well, I've seen classified intelligence and let me tell you. But they can't even agree on the classified intelligence they've seen. So as far as the collusion claims, I need to see evidence before I believe anyone. As far as the surveillance claims, I need to see evidence before I believe anyone. And that's that's about right. where I stand. And it discredits the entire committee because they clearly don't know what's going on yeah. with each other's information, like what set of information the other one has. And yes. also, Nunes, he never said why he bypassed the House Intelligence Committee. He never, in that entire press conference, he was just like, I'm just doing this press conference and I'm going to go to the White House after this and I'm going to talk to Paul Ryan about it. Well, why did you not bring this to the House Intelligence Committee? Why? Yeah, I, I've. I don't know. Like everyone, everyone involved here is uh, acting bizarrely to me. Well, I can't trust anybody. So I don't even know what to make of this. Well, and that, so these are the takeaways that I think everyone should agree on. And I hope, because what's happening here is you have the left going like, ha ha ha, confirmed Russian collusion. And then you have the right going, ha ha, confirmed uh, surveillance on Trump. And both of them are like, kind of depending on who you believe and what you think their credibility is. Um, so I, my takeaway as just let's work with what facts are available and what I think every American should be able to agree on is like, this is the house committee tasked with handling classified intelligence from the intelligence community to manage that for the benefit of our entire country. And they can't agree on like what they're looking at. And I was talking to you before the show. Is it possible that Schiff and Nunes are looking at the same intelligence? They're just <laughs> concluding different things. Like one looks Wouldn't at it and goes funny? Russian collusion. And the other goes, surveillance because it's possible to the same thing. Nunes said, and I'm joking for people. I am joking, but it, but Nunes said this is unrelated to Russia. Well, if he hadn't said that, I would think like, is it possible that 
the surveillance was related to you know foreign or russian actors who were in communication with team trump and so that would be the nature of both the incidental surveillance collection and also these collusion claims it could well, be both at the same why time why would they be collecting incidental surveillance if it's unrelated to russia that's another great question and that's where i that's i get skeptical this is why i think this is bullshit why there's no i mean unless they were just trying to uh to see what was going on with him and then get information later. Maybe, but I think it's also reasonable to say, okay, if we believe Devin Nunes, there was a legal, there was legal surveillance, some type of, some Why should type we of, believe him though? Why? I'm just him. saying you can conclude like, was it, I mean, a lot of people want to say, oh, it's, it was, it wasn't incidental. It was political surveillance of Trump. Okay. I mean, you don't have evidence to back that up, but you could theorize that, I suppose. But I, think I it's don't also, have any evidence that this was incidental either. Or legal. Well, um, other than what Nunes says. That's, yeah. 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 Um, but you and I can't also... trust that guy because he didn't even bring this to his own committee before he brought it to the media. So I what know. the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Well, but if, I think you can also look at what was said and go, okay, so if we believe you, you have legal um, surveillance of certain people who are you know, on the radar of the United States intelligence community. Um, who are they and why is Trump talking to them? Like, who are these foreign actors who are not Russian or not Trump, but Team Trump, the Trump campaign? We don't know if it was Trump specifically involved or just his people. We do know Michael Flynn, obviously, because that became unmasked. And that's the other problem here. You can't the, you can't leak this classified information. If you and I spoke to someone who was being surveilled by the U.S. government uh, and we were incidentally collected like that, our identity is cla it's classified. You can't leak that to the media and it's being leaked right. to the media. Whoever's doing that in the intelligence committee is breaking the law and needs to be prosecuted. That's another layer here. Why is the intel? So why is the intelligence community leaking information? Why is the intelligence committee unable to agree on what the intelligence even is? We got problems, man. Like, uh, yeah. I, I <laughs> why can they not come to a consensus about how to treat the media or what information to bring to the president of the United States either? Yeah, don't worry. It's only like the most crucial national security information possible. Don't worry about it, guys. No big deal. It's it's being treated like playground gossip, like we were saying. It's very bizarre. It's very weird. And I don't like it at all. <laughs> so I don't know who to trust. I mean, as a general rule of thumb, I don't I don't trust the government. <laughs> so so I don't well, know what but, to do about this. Yeah, but they're, they've, I mean, they've got they've got a hand in it every level here. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. So I wish I, I wish I could have some more conclusive answers for the audience, but, uh, I, I don't even I really don't. have any hypotheses. Yeah. It's, it, it's just, uh, it's the same. It's the same thing. If I'm going to look at these claims of Russian collusion and say, mm, show me your evidence. I know it's classified, but maybe someday we'll be able to get to some ev consumable evidence for the public. Same thing with the surveillance stuff. Show me your evidence. I'm open to anyone's claims. I just need to see evidence. And until they're able to produce that, I'm not believing anyone's hearsay. Even if you are a U.S. Uh, congressman authorized to see, authorized to uh, to handle classified information, I, I just can't. I can't deal with the hearsay. I just can't. Yeah, but your reaction was to believe Nuna's claim that um, that this was done legally. My reaction was to be like, mm, bullshit. <laughs> but if he's I don't acting, think it's collected legally. But if he's acting politically, like if he's acting to try to cover Trump, which would explain at some level his weird behavior, not going to the committee, but going to the media and to Trump, if he's acting as a political actor, why wouldn't he just, I mean, if he's bullshitting, why wouldn't he just be like, not legal, illegal surveillance? If he's trying to help Trump, why would he, why would he, why would he even say the legal thing? Uh, 
to me, that just like implies an element of truth, as Colbert would say, was it truthiness? He he coined that term. <laughs> truthiness. Because <laughs> if he was just going with all out bullshit, he's kind of undercut his own bullshit with that legal claim. Yeah. Did he um, offer that up or was it only when he was asked by the media that he said? That I he said think that? it was only when, and that's what's difficult too, because if you really want to read into it, as far as I recall in the press conference, that's why I pulled that out is because he, it wasn't part of his prepared statement. He offered that up only when questioned. I think I might be wrong on that, but I, I'm, I'm fairly sure. I think you're right. I watched the press conference. And, um, but if you notice him, he's kind of caught off guard where he's like, oh uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, he had to know somebody was going to ask that legal. It, it just didn't seem like a, a certain answer from him. Hmm. If I'm just guessing based on kind of his, uh, you know, I don't know, based on his mannerisms or whatever, based on some contextual clues of the way he answered, it didn't seem super certain to me, which is troubling because it implies to me a lack of uh, uh, not a firm grasp on the subject that he's talking about, which uh, which would be a big problem. If, yeah. if true. So I don't know. That's whatever. No conclusions there. Just don't don't trust anyone. There's a lot of bullshit here. Well, I thought Probably. we were going to get more information on Friday, <laughs> and it ended up confusing the matter so much well, yeah, more. Yeah, so he came out, and I'm not even caught up on that. He said he was there was going to be more information on Friday. He did another press conference. Is that what happened? And I'm probably a little bit – I think there was another press conference, but there, I don't think there's more revelations to this at uh, present. No, I might be behind that on that. Fake news me if I am. You know, whatever. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. This has been heavy stuff, heavy stuff. My favorite my favorite uh, gaffe of the week. This was weird. I'll, I'll, I'm, you're, have you heard the term Trump derangement syndrome? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Okay, great. So Trump derangement. Well, it's just such a perfect way to describe it. All these celebrities, uh, you know, certain left-wing politicians, these people who are deranged by Trump, not just oppose him. Like Keith Olbermann clearly has Trump derangement syndrome. And that is why (laughs) this week, um, when Eric Trump puts out a tweet, you know, oh, Laura Lee, Trump and I are so excited to announce that we're going to have a baby. Well, great for you. You know, to me, like, you have to be really just classless to go after a political opponent and rip them for having a baby. I mean, come on. (laughs) Come on. And our guy Keith is out making fun of Donald Trump's response to that. And Eric Trump, what are you going to name him? Vladimir Sergei asylum seekers. Just a family having a baby. You jackass. Like you're trying to go get get your meds. I mean, go ahead and rip him on the politics all you want. That's fair game, but come on a family just having a baby. Jesus. Anyway, that's not the best one. It's just, I'm just talking about how this, how people rip a, how people rip on a family for having a baby. Chelsea Handler joined the chorus here. Uh, I guess one of Donald Trump's sons is expecting a new baby. Just what we need. Another person in those genes. J-E-A-N-S, if you're listening. Not genetics. Genes, like denim genes. Let's hope for a girl. <laughs> and so she, of course, gets rightfully ripped. And um, so, so I was looking up. Uh, I, I was like, oh, this is ripe for a bit. Like, let's get a bunch of pictures of the Trump family in jeans and look at how awful their jeans are because we can make a joke. I think, okay, and looking this up, I encountered this story of Ivanka Trump um, on vacation. Oh, did I, I might have lost, uh, 
Dang it. I might have closed that article. Anyway, I do have the pictures here um, so I can show the pictures. Ivanka Trump on vacation in, um, in Aspen, Colorado this weekend in just absolutely hideous <laughs> wide leg jeans. Look at these things. They're terrible. This is, <laughs> it's this not is, just that they're wide legged. It's it, that they're too high yeah. and they're too short and they're, they're the worst jeans I've ever seen. <laughs> truly, truly terrible. And you're, you're an Ivanka, you're an Ivanka fan. Hell yeah, I am. She's a smoke yeah. show. Okay. So this is my question then is like, whenever there's uh like media misportrayal of a Trump issue and then Trump responds with something that's hard to dissect incompetence or trolling, like is he incompetent or is he doing the 4d chess? They always talk about, is this, Ivanka Trump being fashion clueless, which I have a hard time believing because she's obviously very she's fashion always conscious. She's always on point, on point. And then she comes out in Aspen on this family vacation. And I looked into this. I was like, is this this weekend? This happened in Aspen this weekend. It's not some bullshit article that's not true. It looks legit. So she busts <laughs> out the most hideous jeans you've ever seen. Is it a troll move? Is it, did she go out to say... Uh, yes, Trump family does have terrible genes. Look at these <laughs> terrible genes we have. I hope so. That would make me love her just so much more. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm crazy to think that that's a stunt, but I just did want to acknowledge um, not only the hilarity of, I love this kind of uh, high and mighty, like intellectually superior party of science attitude and then look at we don't need more people with those genes well i agree i agree with chelsea in that ivanka please do not raise your children to wear those jeans you i have seen you in much finer attire not that i'm a fashion judge i just this whole story <laughs> like fascinated i mean i was looking into this last night and i was messaging you like is this shit legit did she really wear these jeans <laughs> Put your tinfoil hat on, man. But I'm now, I don't you, know, maybe, maybe. I'm telling you. I'm telling it's you. I think it's, what did I Chelsea think... Handler mean, let's hope for a girl? Like, so that they couldn't further procreate? Oh, yeah. Or... Uh, I would guess because they're sexist, maybe. Wow, that's really hateful. I don't know. I mean, well, if so, your, your question is, let's hope for a girl so the name doesn't continue, or? Yeah. That's... But it's Kushner, I mean. No, but like so that it couldn't be perpetuated further, like her family line couldn't be. I, mean, I, I don't know. It is Kushner. Yeah, it is. A, Let's hope for a girl. Okay, I guess one of Donald Trump's sons is expecting a new baby. Yeah, I'll put just it what up. we need. Another person with those genes. Let's <laughs> hope for a girl. What am I missing here? I don't. I actually don't. I didn't even read into that. I don't understand what she means by that either. Huh? What a bitch. <laughs> Chelsea yeah. Handler, I, I don't know what it is about her. Like, I used to think that she was kind of funny until I saw her, like, telling her story about, like, the first abortion that she had, and she's all crying. So I was like, she it also became pretty apparent her... that she was going to be an Amy Schumer type. <laughs> she also cried on her Netflix show uh, with uh, Barbara Boxer after the election, talking about how she wanted to move to Spain. But no, she's going to stay here and fight instead with her tweets about jeans. Okay. <sighs> Um, what a hag. I, I did want to talk just briefly. So you want to try to get through two more of these? We'll do Tommy Lauren and then this hoax hate crime. Because they're both yeah, pretty quick yeah. issues. I, I, I would be curious just to sort out the Tommy Lauren thing. Because um, I initially felt pretty strongly about this. And then I heard some people talk about it. I'm like, oh, maybe there's more to it than I thought. 
Um, but the, so Tommy Lauren appears on the View and just enrages everyone by saying that she is uh, pro-choice. So here's Tommy on the View. Ask you this: uh, um, You call yourself a conservative. Um, a conservative Republican and a constitutional conservative, but you also consider yourself pro-choice, which is interesting to me because 68% of conservative Republicans think that abortion should be illegal across the board. No, I'm pro-choice, and here's why. I am a constitutional, you know, someone that loves the Constitution. I am someone that's for limited government, and so I can't sit here and be a hypocrite and say I'm for limited government, but I think that the government should decide what women do with their bodies. I can sit here and say that as a Republican, and I can say, you know what, I'm for limited government, so stay out of my, my guns, and you can stay out of my body as well. So I think it's... Well, you need uh, to go out and speak to women about that. I do. I do every day. Yeah. I do every day. Okay. And, you know, I, I get a lot of attacks Let's from go. conservative women as well. Yeah. You know, I think it's... Uh, unusual. Equal, equal hate from all sides for well, me. Okay, and then she was suspended by The View, and so a lot of people have... By The Blaze. Or, sorry, yeah, The Blaze. Good, good correction. Sorry for my fake news. <laughs> um, so did you, uh, do you have a strong reaction to this? I mean... I watched some of her previous uh, clips on abortion. She does call it murder. And yeah, I mean, that, it might have been kind of hypocritical, but she's fucking 24 years old. Maybe she just changed her mind about something. How, I, how I don't old really was care. she when she was doing was, was it on the blaze that she was doing videos like that? It was in Final Thoughts. It, that, that is on the blaze, right? I, I, her I segment, have, Final Thoughts. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know what her situation I is. I should have prepared more. But <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, I was my initial reaction was like, Look, I don't care what your opinions are. You should not be penalized in the workplace for your opinions. That was my initial stance. And I'm generally, I, I believe that to be the case. Then I heard some people talk about it and kind of made the case that, you know, her, her employment, it's possible that her employment relationship with the blaze was predicated on conservative viewpoints, specifically being pro-life. <laughs> and if that was the case, like if she misled them, then I can see where that yeah, but becomes also, an issue. It's we don't, a I don't know that to be position. the case. But. Like I'm, um, you know, from a moral perspective, I would say I'm pro-life, but I understand the impracticality and near impossibility of making that uh, a, a, a national position. And so maybe if she's coming from a place like, I really do think that abortion is murder, but you have to be pro-choice because I'm a state's rights advocate. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I got from her. And so everybody also like got up her ass about saying I'm a constitutional, but like, you know how it is skag. Like sometimes you have done like a million live things a week and you are just talked out and you say something really fucking stupid and you're like, Oh wow, that was really stupid. She did, yeah. she did a pretty good job of like backtracking. All she meant to say was constitutionalist, I think. Yeah. Well, um, I, and I, when I heard it, I think the same thing. She goes, what I hear when I hear her say that, they were hard on her for that and they were harder on her for the hypocrite uh, word. But when she says, I'm a constitutional, the way I heard it is if I were to say to you, like, um, you know, hey, blonde, I'm a constitutional. I believe in the Constitution, is kind of what she said. So it was almost right. like you kind of stopped mid sentence. Yeah, and I then decided you. I have a problem with that. That's, I so mean, to me, hammer her for that. But here's the thing the other thing, too, is um, people interpreted that to be an accusation on her part of. Um, conservatives who are pro-life, but generally like small government people as hypocrites. I didn't take that to be an accusation at all. I took that to her, as her saying, here's the re here's my philosophical outlook generally. And I feel if I didn't apply that in this case, I would be a hypocrite. I would be yeah, inconsistent. It didn't, I didn't sound take like it. she was applying that to the larger whole. I agree with you there. I found this inoffensive. I found it to be a non-story. I think Glenn Beck really 
really shit the bed on this one because she's going to be just fine. Cause she's going to be just fine. And he, um, he's viewed as very inconsistent by the right. He's kind of a loose cannon. Uh, I don't trust Glenn Beck. I mean, that guy seems like he's totally batshit insane to me. And so I kind of wonder if this is going to be better for her. Um, but he just threw her under the bus so fast. It's like, what, what, what happens to, you know, to supporting your colleagues and like standing with them when they make a mistake. I mean, wh- where I stand on it, it has to do with he whatever. He mocked her in a tweet, too, about yeah, his, I, I'm a constitutional He quote. mocked her? That's yeah. low. Oh, come yeah. on, dude. And then he, that... ban- he banned her from the blaze. It's like, all right, well, your only product here, your, your most famous, your most um, marketable product is gone from the blaze now. Like, what, what are you, what's your plan, Glenn Beck? To watch it burn. I mean, that's the, the blaze is burning down and has been for a while. It's yeah, yeah. whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm where I stand on it basically just has to do with whatever, as if there's no deception on Tommy's part, I really, I am a hundred percent team Tommy. If there was deception on her part, then I can understand why they would decide to part ways. Uh, even if there was deception on her part, it seems low given what she's done for the blaze. Well, what would you call deception? Undercutting. Like she always held this position, but well, I, I, what if he Im- made her or what if he said, this is the position we're taking on the blaze? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's possible too. I mean, I could envision a scenario where, because you're a pundit, um, it, it, where there's kind of a, a, a litmus test of positions that you have to be a pundit at that particular outlet. So it's possible. Maybe it's like, you must hold this position. Like you're talking about, which is top down. It's also possible. There was like a, you know, an interview before they brought her on, like, what's your position on this? And she says, Oh, it's this. And I'm, you know, firm on that. And they're like, okay, good. Cause we're, that's really important to us. And then later she decides not. Um, and, and then she's well, of course she can decide not, and she can have her reasons to do that. But I also think that if, if her association with the blaze is predicated upon holding certain positions, then they might decide, well, you don't hold these anymore. Um, maybe it's best we part ways. No reason to right. throw her under the bus. If that's, if that is indeed what, what happened with uh, Mr. Beck. But, uh, you know, at this point, everyone's just joining Glenn Beck under the, under the bus, I guess. <laughs> Cause, uh, that, uh, I don't know. I, I think he's, I think that, at least I've seen reports that that website is uh, having a hell of a time or that whole network is having a hell of a time in terms of um, its finances and popularity and all that stuff. Maybe not. Maybe I'm fake news. I don't know. I listen to Glenn back in the car sometimes when I'm driving around. It's on the radio and I'll just I'll listen to it. But that's about it. I got one more story for you. If I um, I, I don't know if I mess it all up. Let's see if I can pull it up here. Uh, hold on. Close out all this crap. Yeah, here we go. Um, College Diversity Council posts fake racist flyers. Did you look at this story yet? (laughs) Dang it, I ruined the surprise. (laughs) So what I love about this is that it's being passed off as like uh, a theatrical exercise to like promote awareness. (laughs) So so this is at uh, Gustavus Adolphus College. I believe that's in Minnesota. I I don't know. Um, Anyway, so there's a diversity leadership council and they post without saying anything. They went around posting these. Here's how you know these are probably fake because it's actually pretty good graphics work. Someone spent some time making these flyers on their computer. Who knows? It's it's good work. It says a notice to all white Americans. It is your civic duty to report any and all illegal aliens to U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. They are criminals. America is a white nation. (laughs) Okay, but but the justification for doing this. uh, They posted. So the, someone complained to the, um, to the college president or the dean of students 
uh, complained about this, uh, these flyers, like, Hey, there's these racist flyers around. She replies, thank you so much for, um, at least I assume to be a, a she it's Jones. I don't know. It might be a he anyway. The, the, the Dean replies, uh, thank you so much for filing an incident report about the racist poster this morning. I'm ready to let you know the poster and the incident was part of a series of educational quote, invisible theater events taking place that have been planned by the, I am, we are theater trope, a diversity, the diversity leadership council and the bystander <laughs> intervention committee. And this is not an actual hate bias incident. So how bizarre. And then the, the Gustavus diversity leadership council, the group in question here posts uh, a similar explanation to their Facebook post about how this is just, um, this is promoting awareness on an issue. So, uh, you know, call in a bomb threat and just testing, just seeing if you guys are prepared for bomb threats. That around doesn't here. even make sense though, because how could it be theater if they weren't viewing people's reactions? Would they have video cameras set up or were they hiding in the bushes to see what people thought about this? Like, why would they even care Don't if they know. weren't monitoring people's reactions to it? What a Don't. stupid excuse. I, I'd be I'd be enraged if it was my college. I'd be really really pissed off. Yeah, so would I. Um, what college it, was this again? It's called. Uh, I've not heard of this college before. It's called Gustavus Adolphus, <laughs> but um, I googled it and I think it looks like it's in Minnesota. Anyway, um, I mean, I mean I'd be I'd be really really pissed off. This is the kind of stuff that if you're alumni, you're like, I'm not I'm not donating to this garbage. What are you guys doing? What? <sighs> And then, of course, the, the, you had a lot of student reactions in here that were just like students. Were, I can't believe this would happen on my campus. No <laughs> way this would happen in our home. And some of this crap happened at, at my uh, alma mater within the last couple of years, too. Certainly at your alma mater at Mizzou. You, I mean, you went to the home of the poop swastika where all of I this know. started. And there were similar claims of racial violence at my alma mater, Lewis and Clark in Portland, Oregon, that were never substantiated. And, and they wouldn't it was nonsense it's, it follows the same line of a bunch of ghost specter white supremacists showed up and kicked my ass but also i don't have any bruises and i didn't report it to the police for like 12 hours <laughs> until my roommate told me and now i'm doing it but i won't talk to the police because i don't want to press charges but i do want to give a speech on campus about how we have to fight against the hate that nobody can see because i was at a dark shady place on campus at three in the morning when i got my ass kicked for some reason sorry for that rent that's basically what the story was at my alma mater. But when I see stuff like that and I, and I see my friends replying, like, I can't believe this could happen at our campus. And it's like, yeah, we went to the same school. How fucking safe was it? Yeah. If you don't, if you can't believe it, be skeptical, be yeah. a little skeptical about it. And They're probably like, Oh, things have changed so much since yeah. I left college. <laughs> that, and that, that's what was so strange to me is the reaction is like their reaction is just to believe it and be offended. And why we shared the same experience. This seems wildly inconsistent with the experience. Why is your reaction as a go? Ah, uh, evidence, please. Uh, uh, because what? then you have to investigate and then people will think that you're shitty. So yeah, you can't I well, I got it. all kinds of shit from people for not be, for not believing because they were trying to they they at my school they said there was a racial beating that was never substantiated. They did the classic like sit in on the president's office and demand all these changes. And yeah, I all post, those racial beatings happening in Portland, Oregon. Oh, yeah. and specifically like the wealthiest 
part of Portland oh, North. Like the I'm safest. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it, 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 great, great school. Love the school. Love the neighborhood. Immaculate campus. Appreciate everything those professors did for me. Loved my experience. But the idea that if you, I joked with my parents, I'm like, if you can't be safe, if you can't feel safe there, you're done. You just, you can't be safe. You'll never feel safe anywhere. I joke that that place is like the Shire. It is like this lush forested Shire in Southwest Portland, Oregon, atop a hill of privilege. It is literally on top of a hill of privilege that overlooks the city. And it is, <laughs> it is at the opposite corner from like the, the, you know, the impoverished part of the city. Like this is, it is a castle top of privilege and these people can't feel safe there. And of course you get all kinds of shit from your friends. Uh, oh, how, you, you, you're not going to believe, we need to believe people of color when they claim to be victim. We need to share their experiences uh, and value why? their experiences. Yeah. I don't know. And, and, um, I don't need to believe anybody, but that, any that's claims what, that they make. That's such bullshit. That's what I would post on these things is like, Hey, college administration, don't give in to these people. They don't have any evidence. They're just trying to propagandize, keep this place to be a high level intellectual institution that it is. Don't cave to this nonsense and this nanny state stuff. And people would reply to me just with hate, you know, and, and by the way, I, I think I'm vindicated by the lack of substantiation to anything they've ever talked about. I can't say that it was proven to be false, but I can say that it was never proven to be true. And to me, that's basically the same as proven to be false. I, I presume not true without evidence. That's yeah. just the way I operate. Anyway, sorry for um, wasting a lot of time. I, 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 this campus I, I, hoax hate stuff just drives me nuts. The reason I go off on it is because it it really hurt me as an alma mater of that school to see it going that way and be like, stop. I want a good experience that I had for future students. Stop. Right. And so I feel the same way for these people. If you're a student at Gustavus Adolphus or an alma mater, or uh, that's your alma mater, an alumni, alumnus is what I was trying to say. Sorry for misspeaking. I'm all fired up. If that is your alma mater, don't hesitate to just rip them for this. They, oh, yeah. they should be ripped. I got an email from a Mizzou professor a few days ago. And he's like, this is fucking terrible. This is awful. Yeah. You can't say anything. All staff is afraid of getting fired constantly. And then he Jesus talked about Christ. how um, two dorms had to shut down because uh, tuition or not tuition enrollment was down, I think, 30 yeah. percent or something, yeah. something crazy. So they're they're facing like a huge, uh, you know, budget deficit like they, they they can't get it together. It's, it's it's highly problematic. And so it was just this email from this professor that's like, I don't even know what to what to do about this. Like, I don't what know. I what I value, I've said it so many times before, so it might be re repetition for some people, but what I value so much about my college experience is it was four years of going to small classes and having a professor just there dishing the Socratic method at you. So why? 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 You're wrong. Yeah. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. And that's what I value so much is because it trained me to think critically about everything. It trained, mm -hmm. it just, it conditioned me to say, to, to look at things and demand evidence regardless of regardless of whether I agree with the, the proposition or not. And, um, and that's what I want for everyone else who goes to that school. I want people to come out to be to people who are, uh, who want to explore all ideas and aren't afraid yeah, of definitely. the diversity and, implications. And that's kind like of that. the experience that I had at Mizzou. Like there was a fair amount of indoctrination, but it doesn't seem like it's near what people are facing now. Yeah. And so the level, the levels of like Marxist indoctrination are increasing at the same rate that hate crimes are it's like, Hmm. That's interesting. I, I had not thought of it in that way, but I think that is a uh, well, that is a social science project. Well, it's all about turning students into victims. I mean, but that is true. Yeah, I mean, you, the 
correlation does not equal causation. But certainly, I think at a theoretical level, we've got some level of uh, relationship here. That is actually very uh, interesting. Yeah, you spend all these time all this time indoctrinating students and telling them that they're victims of you know multiple forms of oppression, racial and, and gender and mm -hmm. sexual oppression. Um, and then all of these crimes start happening that are unprecedented in yeah. zoo history, uh, you know, showing that these people are victims of sexual yeah. and racial abuse and things like that. It's like, mm, yeah, bullshit. I'm, I'm just not believing any of this, uh, probably because it's not true. I mean, yeah. you think that my school changed that much? I graduated in like 2010 or something. Yeah. And it hasn't been that long. Same with me. And um, the stuff that's going on in my alma mater is is very disheartening. I want thinkers to come out. I, I want, you know, when the time comes and I have kids and I want to send them to college, I'd like to think that that would be a place where I can send them to be challenged intellectually and to, to come out. And Trade school. Maybe. I mean, we'll see. But what I don't want is a glorified daycare where they all sit in and, you know, demand um, shelter from crimes that they hoax to perpetuate their own victimization instead of... Um, and of course, this was the thing too. The I'll get, probably going too long on this. When they were sitting in at the president's office, the big controversy too was like some of them were being penalized for not going to class because they're skipping class to sit in on the president's office, and they kind of demand like academic immunity for skipping class in pursuit of social justice. You know, like oh, you didn't go to class, you didn't take the test, and you didn't. You're not going to pass the class, but you demand to be to pass because you were doing the social justicey thing in pursuit. Oh, fucking stupid. Yeah. I remember having a professor an economics professor at Mizzou who every year made sure to fail 50% of her class. Jeez. 50%. I mean, it was an awesome class. I, I loved being I in that top I like 50%. a quota of failure. I mean, but it was like an entry level microeconomics class. And it was from people, it, people all over that, that definitely should have been failing. She was really fair about it. But yeah. what is stopping these professors? I mean, it must be, um, you know, the, uh, other professors and, and the Dean and things like that are stopping them from just being like, Oh, you skip class. Like, you know, that's, whatever percent off your grade or, or penalize you in some way. Yeah. If people weren't showing up to tests and weren't showing up to class, I, I'd be like, uh, yeah, I'm failing you. Right. Yeah. I just, uh, uh but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's pretty reasonable. I mean, I took my college experience very seriously because I know, I mean, I know the level of investment that people who gave me grants and scholarships put into me. I know the level of investment my parents put into me. And I know the level of investment I put into me by taking out loans to finance it. And of course, I'm not going to fuck around and not get the most out of that college experience possible. Why? If I want to be a social justice sit-in person, I can do that for free as a Seattle hobo or whoever you <laughs> you hang out with as you, that you walk by on the weekend. Uh, you, don't, it does, you don't have to pay insane money for that. Uh, but anyway, um, gone, gone way over on this topic. Um, I, I just, you know, a lot of our listeners are college age and it's like demand evidence of these things. I'm sure a lot of our listeners do, but also if you're like me, don't let your college administration be bullied into policy change based on evidence-free claims. Now, like if they, if these people were to take these flyers and go to the Gustavus Adolphus administration, and say we demand change because these flyers were put up. No. First, you substantiate that those were put up for hateful reasons and you show me who did it and when. Yeah, and... you've got to fight back against the colleges. Do you yes. follow um, My Name is Josephine on Twitter? Sounds familiar, but I She's don't know. She's an anti-feminist. Um, she tweeted something from her sister who's in college uh, and her sister wanted to talk about how the wage gap doesn't exist. And her yeah. professor emailed her back and said, the premise is incorrect you cannot use like the, a list of these sources. She said you can only use feminist sources for this. So she is what? a student coming to her <laughs> saying, 
that, you know, she has a premise, she has evidence, she wants to write about this, even though it's not on the topic list. And her professor being like, nope, the glass ceiling exists, refer to your textbook, refer to these feminist sources, you can't trust like state department <laughs> sources. So like people- Do not think. I know, it was yeah. it was unbelievable. It was so unreal to me that people were like, this must be fake, but she substantiated it later. Um, But people have to fight back against these academics or they're just gonna come out with a with a shitload of debt and uh, an indoctrination that makes them way worse off than before they went to college. Yeah. You have to fight back. I mean, I guess they're worried about like about about their grades, about not being hireable after college, but uh, your degree's probably not gonna help you unless you majored in STEM or something. Yeah, well, and I know, <laughs> and, 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 and even Milo says that sometimes, like my advice is just put your, like keep your head down and just get through it. And it's like, yeah. I mean, I get what you're is saying because it's so overtaken. Yeah, I mean, I get what he's saying, which is like, as a practical matter, you you can't, you probably can't win this fight. So get what you need out of it and move on and make change where you can. But isn't that such a shame to go to what should be like the most intellectually stimulating, challenging experience of your life, and instead be told what to think and how to think it and when to think it? Just just be directed as though you're at daycare, right. instead of being someone who who is free to propose any idea provided that you can substantiate it and make a case that is what it's all about and, and to talk and, it over with your peers and with your professors i mean that's what college is supposed to be about like forming your own worldview your own perceptions your own ideologies finding out who you are intellectually emotionally it's supposed to be this growth experience not a full-on indoctrination yeah well you know I, I, I in closing i would also say you know to any of our our uh, listeners who are in school, if, if this stuff's going on at your school and you, you know, you're comfortable sharing it or talking about it, or uh, this, these kind of stories are always fascinating to me. Obviously we're both very passionate about this because we care about an enriched academic environment. It's, it's so important. I want thinkers around me. It's not just about me either. Like I want people who think critically. I want them as my neighbors. I want them as my friends. I want them as policymakers. I want them as everybody. I, I don't want people who believe in wrong think to be in positions of power. And so it's a super important or issue. Or to be ordinary people that I have to coexist with, let's be real. <laughs> I, I just don't want that. I, I just don't. I'd like to live in too. a society of thinkers. I don't think that that's like too much to ask. I mean, yes. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I'm, why is it, so, we live in such an age where like, you talked about an unacceptable premise. Like to me, there should be no such thing as an unacceptable premise, right. provided that you can substantiate it. Every premise ever imaginable should be acceptable. It's just the response is, okay, that sounds weird maybe, but make the case to me. What you got? What you got yeah. in that bag of evidence? That, that should be what, what we, uh, our, our response as opposed to, nope, that's wrong think. That's, a, that's an unacceptable premise. You will the not continue. The premise is wrong. Go straight yeah, to jail. Yeah. You do not pass go. Do not I collect I encourage you all to go read that tweet. Her name is, uh, my name is Josephine on Twitter and on YouTube. All right. Definitely check it out. Okay, well, we've gone a little long, but uh, you know, anytime we can go on a kind of an impromptu, impassioned discussion, that's always that's always great. Um, and people liked the long show last week. I'm not making any promises because, um, <laughs> but you know, nobody nobody tends to complain when we go a little bit longer. So um, you know, where where it happens, it happens. But uh, it's 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 high time we wrap it up and get out of here. So uh, thank you to my lovely co-host for sticking around for a little bit longer. Appreciate that. And, um, of course, to our live viewers and our live chatters, as always, shitposting away while we try to uh, maintain some degree of honesty and sincerity. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube or on an audio platform on demand, 
Thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, there is more of this show on those audio platforms. If you want to listen to the show, there's iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Anywhere you find your podcast, you can get us. They're linked in the description. Look us up there. Um, we will be back. Uh, oh, also email us, of course. We can take all your questions, requests, suggestions, hate mail. Fake news accusations, BD on the beta at gmail.com. We will be back next Sunday. I I think with a guest, maybe if someone wants to come on this show, open it. We'll do American <laughs> Idol auditions or something. Uh, because if it uh, if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd. I made the breast beauty and the beta. See you next time.